the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants you to live a life that's big, a life that's bigger than yourself and inspired by the vision he has just for you. The challenge is that sometimes we get stuck on the journey. Things become stagnant and and keep us from living up to our full potential. We know that sometimes, you know, things need to change, but we just don't know what or how. When this happens, the, the big question we must ask ourselves is how do I get unstuck? How do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, I've developed an assessment tool that will reveal where you are and and where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will point you toward resources that are going to help you remove barriers and, and, and keep you moving forward. This assessment is completely free. Not only that, once you complete the assessment, you'll be directed to a page where you can claim a free copy of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity, live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com. You were made to think big, too big, big. Well, tomorrow can be bigger. Welcome to Live Big. This is Dr. Derek Greer. Here at Grace Church, we've captured our vision in what we call our church commitments. We're committed to number one, removing barriers. Number two, embracing truth. Number three, taking action to live lives bigger than ourselves. So this week, I want to share a series based on these commitments. And today we begin with part one, our commitment as a church to remove barriers. Let's get right into the word. Today we're beginning our commitment series. And, uh, you know, in the past we talked quite a bit about our vision to reach and empower, assimilate, and lead people into a a dynamic, meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. And we spent a lot of time on on our vision. But over the next three weeks, we're going to spend some time going over what some would call our our mission, but we call them our, our commitments. These are the things that people can always expect from Grace Church. And we have three such commitments. Say with me, three. three. Okay, not five, not, not 10, not 20, just three. These three things are our modus operandi. They are our MO. It's how we do what we do. And uh, uh, they're very, very simple. Uh, we come together as a team, as a body, to number one, remove limitations. Our goal is to build bridges, not roadblocks, between people and God. How many of okay. you? Okay. Number two, we pursue truth. We are lovers of the truth. We'd rather be hurt by the truth than coddled and spared by a lie. So we are truth lovers, okay? Number three, almost every uh, message, everything we do is a call to action. So number three, we take action. 
Why? Because even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. So, so we're not just endeavoring to be hearers of the word, rating messages and sermons as much as doers of the word so we can prove this thing in our lives. Benjamin Franklin said, much better is well done than well said. And a lot of us got the well said down, but we want to get the well done down. So over the next couple weeks, we're going to, three weeks actually, three to five, we're going to take this journey together as a church. So I'd like you to be here every week because this, this, is, this is important stuff for the entire family, the entire body. Today we're going to be in uh, John chapter 4. I think I'm beginning with the, the fifth verse. And today we're going to begin with our, our first uh, commitment, uh, and that's removing limitations. And we're going to uh, visit a somewhat popular area of Scripture, but you're going to see some things that I'm sure you, you, you haven't seen before, and we're, we're going to do some growing and learning. Father, open eyes right now and cause us to see what we would not see if we didn't join in and become a part of, of what you're doing here today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. The Samaritans had a bitter and often violent relationship with the Jews that went back hundreds of years and actually centuries. It was, they were like today's blood and, and, and crypts, like the Serbs and, and the Muslims, or, or like the Hutus and, and the Tutsis. And, and if we're not careful, a lot like today's Republicans and Democrats... Their relationship was totally toxic. In verse 6, it says, now Jacob's well was there. This was dug by Jacob for his family, for his cattle, and, and uh, the Bible records, you know, him doing this. And, and this well happened to be hewn primarily from rock. It went down uh, over 100 feet. Some say that it actually went down 200 feet. And, uh, you know, it tapped into an underground stream. And if you didn't know, you know, your geology class and all that stuff, uh, under the earth, there's actually rivers and streams and we can tap into them. And that's why we dig wells sometimes to tap in not just the water level, but tap into these underground streams. And this is what Jacob did. Jesus, therefore, being wearied by his journey, the mystery of the incarnation is one of the greatest in all of Scripture. Jesus came to earth fully God but also fully man. And when we read the text, it's pretty amazing because if I would have became a man, I would have been able to fly. I would have been able to, to just blink my eyes and people disappear. Lots of people would have disappeared, I'm sure, considering the things we read in this book. But though he was the son of God, we see that he got weary. And if Jesus is our example... Why do we feel like we're supposed to be superwoman, superman? And that, that, that we're, you know, supposed to, you know, leap over a, a building in a single bound and stronger than a locomotive, you know, faster than a shooting bullet. Why do we feel like we got to be all that? When Jesus, who was the son of God, the Bible says, didn't just say he got tired. He got wearied and he sat down. By the well. Now, Jesus' schedule was quite grueling. I mean, it was very, very intense from sun up to sun. Actually, he would get up before the sun rose to pray, and then he'd spend time, you know, ministering all day long. And, and then in the evening, he continued to minister into 
the night. And, and, and the Bible says he had just walked six hours from Judea and he ministered to the disciples all the way. And then the Bible goes on and says it was about the sixth hour, which means 12 o'clock in, in the afternoon, meaning the sun was hot. And all Jesus wanted was, was a little water, a little me time, you know, to be alone with God and commune and, and fill his tank. But there's something we, we got to understand. If this was true with Jesus, that he had to be filled up in order to go on, how come it's so hard for us to understand that we can't pour out with an empty cup? And it's vital, you know, God can't trust us to pick up others if we're not going to be faithful to fill up. And we got to stop driving on empty. We, we got to pull aside and take a little time, pull over and fill up. And that's what Sunday's all about. It's about filling you up so you could be prepared for the rest of the week. And then we even have a midweek fill up. If you're getting a little bit of low on gas, you had some hills and stuff and some traffic you were in that burns up gas really great. And, you, you, you know, if, if you had to do that, that that's why we, we, we're here to, to fill up. Verse 7. He said he's sitting there by himself, and we're going to see that more clearly in a moment. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Now, many rabbis didn't even greet women in public. Matter of fact, there was a faction amongst the Pharisees called the bruised and the bleeding Pharisees. They were called that because whenever a woman came on the street, they would shut their eyes, lest, you know, something go on in, in their heart. And uh, can anybody say too far? Okay, yeah, just a little too far. Yeah. So, so what would happen is they bump into walls, they trip over their feet, they'd walk into to the wrong rooms, and it was just a whole mess. So they were constantly bruised because whenever a woman came, I don't care how well dressed, I don't care how well she, if there was anything female, he would close his eyes. These guys wouldn't even talk to their daughters or their wives in public. They'd only do it within the house. So this is the milieu. This is the, the culture that Jesus is from. And he is a rabbi. And Jesus is having this conversation with this lady. And he said to her, he said, give me a drink. Now, Jesus, just by being there and not leaving when she came, is already pushing the envelope. But here's the deal. Unlike some of us, he wasn't trying to be contrary just for contrary sake. Now, some people just want to be a rebel for, being the sake of, for the sake of being a rebel. I'm not talking about that type of thing. But Jesus, he, he, he pushed this envelope uh, because he wanted to build a bridge where other people built walls. And he was careful about the value he put on, on, on human souls. So, so what Jesus did, he used a very, very powerful ancient Strategy. Do you want to know what that ancient strategy is? I mean, a lot of people, I, I think it's been lost. It, it, I think it, I can even call it a secret ancient strategy. You know what he used? Okay, wait for it. <laughs> Friendliness. Yes. A simple hello, wow. a simple smile yeah. could go a long way. Yeah. Now, nowadays, a lot of folks don't use this strategy anymore. But Jesus did some real old-fashioned. He didn't snap his finger and turn into a puff of smoke. He didn't impress her with his spiritual gifts. He just smiled and said, hello. For his disciples had gone away. So he's alone with this lady because they went into the city to buy food. Now, 
most, the easiest way to get to Jerusalem from Judea was to walk through Samaria. And to walk around Samaria, actually, some people said it added days to the journey. So most rabbis would invest the extra days to miss and never have to mess with this particular no-go area. But whenever Jesus had to choose between his love for people and tradition, people always won. Never let your ethnicity, never let your particular party, never let religious differences get in the way of the more important stuff that God's called us to the bridges he wants to build through us. Some of us wear Republican and Democrat on our sleeve. It's obnoxious and cut it out. And when when you do that, you get to the place where where people see what you represent first versus you. Let let me say this just while I'm on this. Some people feel it's a sensitive subject. I don't like to get around people where I feel black. I don't want people around me that feel Spanish or white. If being around you makes me conscious of myself, I'm uncomfortable. I want people who want to be around Bishop, around Derek, around me. And I want to be in an environment where I'm not con- I can forget about what I look like on the outside. Grace Church is supposed to be a place where people forget about what they look like on the outside. A place where people forget whether they're Republican or Democrat. A place where we forget whether you're male or you're female. Whether you have money, don't have money. Whether you have children, whether you don't have children. Whether you're married or not married. Whether you've been divorced, you hear what I'm saying? Or still looking. So Jesus wasn't preoccupied with all the nonsense. He said, then then the woman of Samaria said to him, and she's just a little bit guarded and understandably so because of her experience in, in history. She said, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Watch this. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. You see, instead of taking the bait and getting into the argument with this woman over the differences, Jesus just continued to to treat her with love and respect. Sometimes it's not worth winning the argument to lose the relationship. A life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It is built through the consistent application of wisdom, and hard work. Dr. Derek Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, provides you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insight on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. It will ask you penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it, Dr. Greer is offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right, a free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big, mailed to you as a gift. 
However, that's not all. You will also get 30 days access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, from mediocre to extraordinary. It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit dgmfree.com. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. Find out more about Dr. Greer, Grace Church, and today's teaching at gracechurchva.org. Let's get back to today's teaching. So Jesus didn't even go into it. He says, lady, you're talking about all those externals, but if you knew what was on the inside of me, if you knew what was wrapped up in Emmanuel, if you knew the gift of God and who it says to you, or who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. This is important. Jesus didn't dumb down the conversation because she was Samaritan. He didn't dumb down the conversation because she happened to be female. And that's, you you talk down to females at this time in history. But he addresses her on a very spiritual and actually a very high level, though. At first, she didn't quite get it. But unlike the disciples, she got it pretty quickly. Now, the disciples were struggling with stuff days, months, and years, and God's like, how long have I been with you? Y'all still don't get it, but by the end of this conversation, this woman who is a foreigner and a stranger, someone he ought not even been talking to, was able to understand every little thing Jesus was saying. And the woman, you know, already been kind of checking him out. He says, sir, you know, often is, you know, a uh, sometimes, you know, guys, uh, people walked around, not, not so much with buckets, but little leather uh, pouches where you could reach down and, and wells and stuff to drink. And, and she'd observed that, that he didn't, didn't have one. And, and she said, sir, you, you have nothing to draw with. That well is deep. No matter how deep the hole is in your life, Jesus can reach it. That's what he's talking about here. Here and you, you want some water. You, you actually, you're offering me order, water. And, and say, where then, and you, you don't have a way to draw it. Where, where then do you get the, the, this living water? Now, she initially thought Jesus was just talking about H2O, talking about water. But what Jesus was saying to this woman is what water was to her body. He wanted to be to her soul. And, and that's an outrageous claim only God could make such a such a promise and either Jesus was the son of God like he said he was or he was out of his mind and she knew it so she followed up with this question smart lady she said okay I I hear what you're saying are you greater than our father Jacob I mean you're talking about this living what he had to dig a well and all the rest of but you just kind of got this stuff are you greater than than Jacob who gave us this well and and drank from it himself as well as his sons and, and his, 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 his livestock. And what we're about to see is Jesus is about to respond with a very polite yes. You see, humility is important. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. One more time. Humility is not becoming a midget so you could be as small as everybody else. 
Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. So Jesus didn't walk around with only him on his mind. And here we have Jesus saying, no, no, I am who I am. I can't, I'd be lying to you. I'd be, I'd have to become the devil to say I'm not the son of God. I'd have to become like, like the devil and lie to you. I'd have to mess with truth to say that I'm, you understand what I'm saying? And for you to say some of the things or not to say the things God has said about you, you got to lie. You see, the devil's constantly in our ears lying to us about who we are. And because we've been in, in religious situations so long, we just accept it and we think, you know what? That's humble. No, that's demonic. That's, that's evil. If God says greater is he that's in me, guess what? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's not humble for me to say, no, no, there's nothing great on the inside of me. I'd be lying to say. I'd be lying to say there's nothing great on the inside of me. Because the word, the greater one lives in me. Greatness is on the inside of me. I know you want me to fit in. I know you want me to be more polite. But I got greatness in me. You got greatness in you. Period. Period. You see, there's a a thin line between arrogance and uh, confidence. You see, arrogance smirks. But confidence smiles. Jesus wasn't looking down his nose at this woman. But he knew who he was. And you can be really, really great. Understanding greatness lives in you and not be a jerk. Okay, uh, that went, okay. Verse 13. Jesus answered her and said, whoever drinks this, this water that you're talking about, you're stuck on this, this natural water, you're going to thirst again. But whoever drinks this water that I've been talking about, the stuff that I want to give you, will never thirst. He was saying, I, I want to put something in you so powerful that you lose your thirst for everything else that can't satisfy. And then he keeps going, but the water I shall give you will become in him or her a fountain or springing up of water. See, the difference between a well and natural springs is natural springs just that water found its way to the surface by itself. A well a human has to dig. And what he's saying is you don't have to work so hard anymore. When you really tap into me, my grace is sufficient. There'll be an ease in living and an ease in doing this thing. I'm not saying that's, that, that, that folks, not, that stuff's not going to come again, but there'll be an ease on the inside. You understand what I'm saying? But the water that I shall give you will become in him a, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus wasn't just offering her a temporary fix. He, he, he wanted to give her something that would last forever. God's not just interested in getting you a temporary fix. He's the same God. He wants something that lasts forever. See, Jesus was willing to take this risk, not because, again, he was trying to be contrary or he was trying to impress people with how he he, he broke the rules. He did this because this woman's eternity was at stake. You see, life is short, but heaven and hell are forever. And there's no worthier a cause than the battle over the eternal destiny of others. 
So the woman said to him, sir, give me this, this water. He got it now. That I may not thirst nor come here to draw in another message. I'd explain that a little bit better because she wasn't just going out there for water that time of day. It's probably where she, she, she met guys and, and, and all the rest. And, but, but, but here we, here, here we go. She's a Samaritan. She's a stranger. She's female. And to add to this list, we're about to discover that she was quite busy. Stay with me. So Jesus said to her, now they've been talking alone for a while. Men didn't talk to women this long if they don't want some. Okay. I know y'all too spiritual. You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself, inspired by the vision he has for you. Sometimes we get stuck on our journey. We know something needs to change, but we don't know what or how. The question we must ask ourselves is, how do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, Dr. Derek Greer has developed an assessment tool to reveal where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will identify the barriers keeping you from moving forward. Once you complete this free assessment, you'll be able to claim free a copy of Dr. Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. To get started, visit CanILiveBig.com today. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.